1: Doc Walker on the show today. You requested it, you got it. Doc's coming up in the next segment. This show's presenting sponsor is Window Nation. If you've been thinking about new windows, give Window Nation the first shot. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com, mention my name, and you'll get a free estimate. If you missed yesterday's show, Sam Howell, was my guest. He was excellent. Go back and listen to it. Uh, it was all of 16 minutes, but Sam was great. If you haven't rated or reviewed the show, help us out if you get a chance on Apple. A quick one to two sentence review plus five stars if you think the show is worth it. It'll take you just a minute. To do it. Uh, anywhere else you can rate and review us helps us as well. I know many of you listen on Apple. Following us on Apple is a big deal, and subscribing to the podcast um helps us um as well. Uh, this from Zeke via Apple Podcast Reviews. Zeke gave us five stars and he wrote, Can we please stop the name talk? It's getting annoying now. Do you want four different names within 10 years? That's ridiculous. Let's just focus on wins. Who cares about a team name when they are winning? Uh, Then he writes, Deion Sanders needs to be the next head coach of the Commanders. Prime is a born winner and knows the game of football. It would be the biggest splash hire in team history. So funny. I was thinking about that at the end of the game, that if Dan were still the owner... At the end of this year, he would go hard after Deion Sanders. Although, in recent years, they didn't have the kind of money um, that they used to have. Uh, But that would be a Snyder-esque splash hire. It might be a Snyder-esque splash hire that would turn out to be the right hire. Uh, By the way, Zeke, perfect timing for you mentioning the name. Um, Because... Well, well, let me just mention this just so everybody understands. I know that some of you feel the way that Zeke does um, and that you are sincere about, you know, getting sick of any of the name conversation. But just so you have an idea, and this is anecdotal. I haven't polled uh, the audience. Uh, but the truth is that much of the feedback about the show in recent months has been about the name and not in the way Zeke presented it. It was, please keep talking about the name because increasing the talk will somehow put more pressure, as if this show will put more pressure on the owner, uh, the new owners, if we're talking about the team name. But no, the truth is, I would say 80% of the fan base, at least, Um, cares very deeply about the name issue and wants a resolution yesterday. Now, that's not my position. My position is that the old name, you know, that that ship has sailed and it ain't coming back. Uh, But when the season is over, new ownership should take this issue seriously. That's what I've said. And my preference would be, again, understanding believing anyway that the redskins is gone redskins is gone i'd like them to choose to go to washington as the brand bring back the old uniforms see what they can do with you know the old logo if they can't do anything with that go with the w that's fine by me get rid of major tommy or toddy or whatever his name is um Uh, But we can call the team Washington or Hogs or Skins or whatever soccer-style nickname sticks. That's what I think the right answer is. But the reason your note, Zeke, was interesting timing is that I was talking to a friend of mine uh, this morning, in fact, who's been a lifelong fan. Uh, He'd love to see the old name come back. But he said something uh, something to me this morning that I thought was really important and spot on. I've been saying for a while now that I don't think the old name has a chance of coming back um, because the league doesn't want it because of the revenue roadblocks the name puts up. You know, Even though it would be popular among fans here, there are still so many people out there who want to make it miserable for the league and its sponsors, the team and its sponsors, and they, the heat would be too much. You know, um, it just isn't something that they want to deal with again. So those are the reasons that I have said it's not coming back. Redskins isn't coming back. But my friend t- said to me this morning, he goes, look, the reason I don't want it back anymore is, and I'm going to paraphrase what he said, but he said, you know, we're living in a world that's constantly changing and it's not becoming less sensitive as it changes. It's becoming more sensitive as it changes. And he said, you know, even if somehow they were able to make the case and bring the name back and, you know, in the in the moment, enough people said, okay, you can do it. Okay. It wouldn't be long before once again, the world would in the next moment say, it's gotta go. Yeah, that's true. Like even if you could make the case, you know, and even if you got, you know, a majority of the reservations on board, whatever it would be, the world's changing and it is becoming much more sensitive, not less sensitive. And so Zeke, you're spot on. Like, why even risk that possibility? You know, you wrote, do you want four different names in 10 years? How about five? I don't want that. And more than anything else, the ongoing never-ending threat that the name could once again be lost is another reason and perhaps the biggest reason why they should never go back to it. In six months, let all the research, all the data lead Josh Harris to say, we're just going to make our city, Washington, the brand. And we're going to go back to looking like the team that was here for nearly 90 years before we changed our look to something that resembled an expansion team. Uh, Thank you, Zeke, for that excellent review and note. Uh, This one, by the way, from Nancy on Apple, titled Santana Moss, and she gave the show five stars. Loved Kevin's interview with Santana Moss. It brought back happy Redskin memories. I'm a longtime listener. Thank you very much, Nancy. I love having Santana on the show. I've told you this before, but of the former players, he is one of the most likable. By far. And I think he's insightful, too. Now, you know, obviously, of the former players of this century, you know, the ones that never won anything, um, you know, Cooley's obviously my, my favorite. But a lot of those players that I got to know more so after they were done than when they were playing, like Santana, like Sean Springs, like uh, Clinton, um, that, you know, there are some good – there are some guys that are really good as guests and as analysts and as conversations. And Santana last Friday – and if you missed it, he was on last Friday's show. Um, he talked a lot about this team this year, but he talked a lot about – and Santana and I, we tend to do this when we connect um, either on the radio show or the podcast – But, you know, he'll say something, and then it'll spark a thought. And the other day, we went down the hole of the Monday Night Miracle game in Dallas, and he said some things that I had never heard before uh, about that particular night and that particular game and that particular team. Um, But anyway, that was last Friday's show. Again, um, if you've got a minute and you've never rated or reviewed the show, uh, pause it for 60 seconds and give us a quick rating and a quick review. Something like, you know... I enjoyed hearing Sam Howell on the show yesterday. Just something like that is very helpful for us. Uh, news today out of out of Ashburn as they began uh, preparation for the Cardinals in a typical week. This would be the first week of the install, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you heard Sam actually walk through kind of the rest of the week's schedule uh, when he was with me yesterday. But um, – You know, this is the first Wednesday uh, regular season practice, and it's the first day they're required to put out a practice slash injury report. And the news is good Terry McLaurin practiced today. He was limited, but he said afterwards on playing Sunday, quote, that's my plan, closed quote. Uh, Same for Chase Young, listed as limited on the practice, uh, you know, on the practice status report. He said after practice, quote, I'm ready to go. Um, Hope to play on Sunday. Uh, Ben wrote, uh, Standig wrote that there's another medical checkup first, but that it's good news. Um, By the way, also on the practice status report, Benjamin St. Juice was a full participant, which was good news with the ankle injury. Dax Milne out with a groin injury. That is very likely the reason the team yesterday signed Jamison Crowder to the practice squad. Crowder, who was drafted here in 2015 by Scott McLuhan. Um, Crowder missed much of last year in Buffalo after spending the season on injured reserve after a week four injury. Uh, He was signed by the Giants in the offseason, got cut on August 29th after being in camp with them. The last time he was really a factor as a receiver was with the Jets in 2021. He caught 51 balls for 447 yards in 12 games. That was in 2021. Last year in Buffalo, before he got hurt, he returned nine punts for 100 yards, just over 11 yards per return. If Milne can't go as the punt returner on Sunday, it would not surprise me that the reason that they added Crowder to the practice squad is he is a veteran punt returner. And even though you know they have Kaz Allen on the practice squad for the opener, they might want a guy that's more dependable and has done it before. And that may be the number one reason they added Crowder to the practice squad. Um, The news on the Cardinals' starting quarterback for Sunday did not come from the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, today. He declined once again to name a starter. But Ian Rappaport reports that it will be Joshua Dobbs, who just got there two weeks ago via a trade, even though he is familiar with the Cardinals' new um, offensive coordinator and system because they were together in Cleveland so josh dobbs according to ian rappaport and that was our guess that it would be him more so than clayton tune um but you know dobbs just he ain't that good uh and we we faced him in the first preseason game He threw a pick to uh, percy butler um magic johnson was at practice today uh and spoke with the team and I don't know how many of the players really know much about Magic's greatness. Of course, they know who he is. But it had to be a thrill for the coaches and some of the older people um, out in Ashburn. Man, Magic Johnson is part owner of this team. Not bad. Um, This from Betsy on Twitter Because I did not mention anything about this. Uh, Betsy tweeted me, not sure if you address this or not, but Morgan Wallen played FedEx Field over the weekend, and he was wearing a number 21 Commanders jersey, Sean Taylor. Uh, Sean Taylor never played for the Commanders. He played for the Redskins. This is not a name conversation here, by the way. Um, Why is that jersey even available? And if the team gave him that jersey to wear, another, as you call it, Kevin, unforced error. Thank you, Betsy. You can tweet me at Kevin DC. Yeah, I saw that Morgan Wallen played FedEx on Saturday night, and I did see him. I actually tweeted out the video of him in the number 21 Sean Taylor jersey, Uh, and yes, it was a Commander's jersey. It's funny because when I tweeted it out, my reaction had nothing to do with Commander's or Sean Taylor. It was more about whether or not a week before the season opener, a sold-out concert was a great idea in terms of what it might do to the condition of the field. That was my reaction. Maybe I'm moving a little bit further away from all of this, but you are right, Betsy. Sean Taylor never played for the Commanders, and you know I'm not a big fan of that jersey with his number on it either. I think that if it was the team that gave Morgan Wallen that jersey, they would have been better off giving him a Terry McLaurin jersey or a John Allen jersey, or a Deron Payne jersey. Much better off uh, doing that. Um, anyway, uh, Doc's coming up shortly, uh, but I wanted to just mention something uh, about Sam Howell, who I had again on yesterday's show. And it's just a quick thought about you know, what I thought about uh, after having him on. It's hard not to like him um and there's a lot of stuff that a lot of us have heard about him for many months you know there's a lot of stuff on the record about him and there's a lot of stuff off the record about him and there hasn't been one negative at any point not with the people that i talked to this time last year there were some things we were hearing about carson wentz that were not good you know that were not public um, and that were not necessarily thrilling to everybody in that locker room, necessarily. Uh, nothing, not one negative comment from people who would say, yeah, this is happening, not great. Uh, yesterday, for me, what struck me, and of course, were you know, we are certainly available to be had by somebody putting on an act. But I didn't sense that at all. I sensed humble. Um, you know, one of those young people that, you know, we older people will sometimes say, that young, that young guy, that guy, he, he's a kid, but he gets it. You know, she gets it. Um, he seems to get it. He's self-aware. There's no pretension. There's no entitlement whatsoever. You know, and you put that side by side with the things that we've been hearing uh, which have all been positive, and again, trust me, there are still people in the organization that you know, especially the the guys and and women on the beat, talk to now whether or not they write this stuff or not. They you know they know they, they have a sense of what's going on, and I I haven't heard anything other than, I mean. This is just a nice young man. He's coachable. He is easy to get along with. By the way, he was voted as one of the team captains yesterday. I know. I think Carson Wentz was too. Um, But these are all things that are really nice to hear because we haven't always heard the kindest things about some of the quarterbacks that have been here Uh, Let's say over the last decade or just a little bit over the last decade or so. Um, These are things that are important. You know, these are the things that you don't know about somebody when they draft them. We just watch college football or we watch, you know, film or tape or videos. Um, and these are the things that they've got to learn before taking players. They've got to fit in your culture. They've got to fit in your locker room. And I think even though he's a bit uh, on the quiet side, which I think you know you could sense yesterday, not that he's shy or super quiet, but you know he's certainly not um, an obvious extrovert. And we've heard that as well. He appears to be the things that you want uh, a young uh, guy on your team to be. Likeable, self aware, humble, easy to coach, easy to get along with, etc. Now, none of that earns you a starting job forever in the NFL. Really good guys who can't play don't play. You know, really good guys who are great guys to have in the locker room that can just play a little bit but really can't play in terms of starters, they end up being career backups. Chase Daniel, you know, Kyle Allen, Brian Hoyer. Josh McCown. Now, sometimes those career backups finally get a chance, like Geno Smith did last year, and they prove everybody that, you know, thought they were just backups wrong. But look, you know, he's got to be able to throw the football. He's got to be able to throw it with anticipation. He's got to be able to throw it with touch. He's got to be able to throw it accurately. He's got to be able to throw it quickly. He's got to be able to process, pre-snap, and post. Um, He's got to be able to throw the ball to where the ball's supposed to go based on the design of the play and what the defense is doing. He's got to make good decisions with the ball. And then it would be great if it turns out he's got the ability to escape, to extend, to extend and throw, to extend and run. Um, It would be great if you could throw in a clutch gene with all of that. What am I missing? Um, Oh, uh, perhaps the most important, you know, as they say, ability, availability. It would be nice to know that he's going to be healthy and available all the time. Uh, We did a segment today on um, the radio show where I, you know, we played the Sam Howell interview on the radio show today. And then I asked the question for callers, you know, here we are four days before the opener. What's your confidence level in Sam Howell? And I gave basically four general answers. One, you're 100% convinced they've got their long-term franchise quarterback. You're all in. Two, you know, he's good enough for now. He's better than what they've had. But, you know, whether or not he's the long-term guy, time will tell. But for now, good enough. Three, not not a believer. He's not good enough. And then four, you have no clue. That's where I am. And I know that, that that's getting repetitive because I have made my position very clear on Sam Howell from the jump when Ron Rivera labeled him QB1. I have no idea, and I don't think they have a great idea. Now, they have a better idea now than they did back in January when they slapped the QB1 label on him, but they don't really know for sure until he starts playing real games, and they know more than I do, so I really don't have a clue. I do know, based on what everybody says about him personally and the kind of guy he is, that, that that's an arrow pointing up. That is a check that off the box. We don't have an a-hole at quarterback. Or we don't have a guy that's got all the answers at quarterback. Or we don't have a guy that's completely, completely addicted to social media. Um, But I don't have a clue. But it was amazing to me how many people called in and said they're – Absolutely convinced that he's the long-term franchise quarterback. I don't know how you could know that. I don't know how you could know that. Um, But bless your heart if you do. You know, and if you're – I hope you're right. And if you're right, I'll even give you credit for being right, even though to me it's just one of those stabs that, you you know, you occasionally take. Um, All right, coming up next, Doc Walker right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Doc is going to join us here in a moment, but this segment is brought to you by Window Nation. When it comes to new windows, Window Nation always gives you more, but now they're giving you even more more. The more windows you buy, the more you save, up to 50% off plus a lot more. You don't pay anything for two full years. It's another amazing deal on the windows that deliver more for your home, more energy savings, more value, more features more options, more beauty. No money down, no payments, and no interest for two full years. Plus, get up to 50% off all style windows, bow, bay, double hung, any style. You'll save thousands on your new windows and your energy bills, all the while upgrading the look and feel. Of your home. 86690Nation, windownation.com for the company that's got the best product and the most experience. Their installers average over 16 years with over 20,000 windows installed. 96% of their installs last year went off without a hitch. Call them at eight six six ninety nation go to WindowNation.com. take advantage of this great deal. Use my name, Kevin Sheehan, you'll get a free estimate so there's nothing to lose. 86690 90 nation windownation.com. So that's the second time that I did that WindowNation read. Uh, I had to edit out the first read because Doc's fax machine was ringing in the middle of the read. Who still has a fax machine? Who faxes you anything?
2: Not everybody, Kevin, is in your bracket. Yeah, that, that's bracket. not a, so that, that's, that's not a right, very high bracket. Well, I'm just saying, you know, don't hate on those less fortunate.
1: Who'd you get a fax from? Who faxed you I something? Didn't get it
2: from, I didn't get any. I didn't get one. The phone rings on my uh, Color LaserJet Pro uh-huh. HP, and it just it happens maybe twice a day. I have no idea. Nothing came through. I guess if they call, I'm through Cox and phone. They do have a phone line that's never really used for anything other than um, fax and, and sending out, uh, who knows? I don't know. Okay. Hey, man, we're in the. this is minor league action, man. We're not in the bigs right now, so uh, <laughs> if I get called up, maybe I'll be able to upgrade my technology.
1: Doc refers to 980 now as the JV. Um, uh, you know what I, I really do I miss this time of year I don't know I talk about this too much nobody cares but I just miss the way it used to be at the station that's all I, I, I miss being able to listen to you every day to Coach obviously to B. Mitch to uh, Koken to, to Zabe and Andy and, and Galdi and you know everybody but you know, it's it's whatever. It's what it is. Yeah. Um, you said to me uh, before we started to record that you listened to the Sam Howell interview and and
2: you thought that he did I a good job. It. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed how he didn't allow you to manipulate him <laughs> into saying what you wanted him to say. Right, and he doesn't let that happen with anybody. Right, um, and and that's what I love. is a rookie a year ago? I went to him and said. Uh, Sam, I just introduced myself and said, listen, uh, I've got some age on you. I've been watching this quite a while. And I'm determining right here and right now that you're going to be the talk of the summer. This is last year. I think you're going to be the brightest spot in this preseason. And I just wanted to ask you if it was okay for me to take that over the air. Because if it spooks you, I won't do it. And he looked up at me and he just said, bring it. And that's when I knew, this is the guy. This is the guy. And I had a chance to call the game, and he, he, he's not not—he's – have not, not seen him to where I've been impressed with him the whole way because he doesn't have highs and lows. He keeps it medium. And uh, I loved his interview with you today and talking about the relationship with Jacoby Brissett. And that let me know how close this team has a chance to become. Teams that don't win are close. I don't give a damn what anybody says. But if they're successful – this is going to be a real easy team to jail because they really have good guys. It's almost a jerk-free team, and that's important.
1: Well, the, when you were on with me last week or a week and a half ago, because I had... Three you,
2: weeks, uh, so a month, about a month. No, so.
1: no, it was about a week and a half ago. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't been on your show in like two years. Uh, yeah,
2: because I don't want to embarrass
1: you. But um, you, you talked about... How this team was kind of jerk free. In fact, you, I mean, you, you, you have an Uber service to pick up anybody that's out late at night yeah. that needs a ride.
2: Yeah, and I think yeah, that's so, the ultimate compliment I can give you.
1: Right. So Sam Howell yeah. would be one of those guys if he called you at four fifteen
2: a.m. You're there. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Yeah. You uh, know that you got to get out of bed. That's why I use this because it's try to paint a mental picture for you. You sound asleep. You wake. How many people? Can call you. Well, they'd be scared to death to call you. You don't even answer your own phone, but your people would answer the phone for you and say, hey, could you your ask people. the boss to get up yeah. so he can come get me? I'd love to hear what you say. But I know there are people that you would do that for. If if, if Van Pelt calls 3 a.m., a balloon and a tire, you're on your way. If you called, That's my point.
1: I'd be there in a second.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I would never call you because I would never, because when I call you, <laughs> I know it's going to voicemail.
1: <laughs> yeah right
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: you know yeah. uh one uh, for for those of you who who don't know doc as well as some of us do um because i when i called him to start recording this it's one of my favorite things when doc answers the phone which isn't you know typically you get voicemail um but when God he does, does
2: you never get when he does
1: answer the phone he's answered the phone the same way for the near, I don't know, 16, 17 years that I've known him, he nearly 20 actually, he answers the phone, Walker. And and all of us that have over the years, because imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, whenever we have imitated Doc, because there's so many things that Doc's done, and all of us have our Doc, um, you know, our Doc-isms, Uh, CJ and I will just sometimes when, you know, we're talking, we'll just say Walker because that's how he answers the phone Walker. And look, if you're not ready to go, when he says Walker, he doesn't have much time for you after that. Uh, you got to make, you got to impress him in that first 10 seconds of the conversation to keep it going or, or he's off to something else. I was just glad you answered the phone today though. That was nice. Um, well, it was
2: scheduled. You told me you'd call me. You were on time, and I I take you seriously. I don't get an opportunity to get on that often.
1: Well, you were and on so a week when and I, a half. When, and I
2: make a half. The, when I make the bigs, I'm going to try to make sure that I'm prepared.
1: All right. So let's stick with Sam Howell because we're, f- we're four days away from the real games, thankfully, uh, that we get to watch real football come this weekend. What do you think he does well – Uh, that will translate to the NFL level. And what do you think he needs work on and may be a concern, a legitimate concern at this point?
2: He just needs snaps. And the the more he plays, the longer he plays, the better he'll become because he can't do it alone by that. I'm just saying that I don't know anybody that basically can, but he, he just doesn't get... He doesn't show any fear. He's not one of those guys that rides that emotional roller coaster of up and down, and uh, he keeps it even. And that's an important trait for a quarterback. I never want to get in a huddle with a guy that seems flustered, and he never shows any of that at all. And I respect that.
1: Okay, so that's what you like, and you you're confident in. Is there anything you, other than just getting reps, is there anything specific about the way he plays that you believe he needs to improve on to be successful at this level?
2: Well, he's already corrected himself uh, because in the preseason, which I am a guy that thinks if you want to try something, try it in practice, try it in preseason. For God's sakes, don't try it in the regular season. So I'm. Again, I'm not a fan. This is what I do for a living. So when I watch a practice, the guy throws a pick, I go, good shot at it. Try to see if you can stick it in. How do you test yourself if you don't test yourself in practice? So, and I understand, people have different reasons for being there. You know, some of it's fantasies, wagering, all kind of different interests in football. And I respect every area of it. But for me, when are you going to experiment? If a corner gets beat on a double move, In practice, I go, great, let's get out your system. You saw something, you took a shot at it. But for God's sake, don't do that in the regular season. So I look at practice like I would at a boxing ring watching guys spar. I want you to get everything out of your mind, and he does that. And in the preseason game, he comes back, hey, that was my bad. I should have thrown it. He corrects himself immediately, and I love that.
1: All right, the rest of the offense, let's start with the offensive line. Who are the players that you're confident in and who are you concerned about on the offensive line?
2: I'm not confident in anybody right now other than Sam Cosby at guard. As long as his body holds up for him, that's the guy I would bet on him. And then Charles Leno, I trust Charles Leno to give you his best. And if not, they got a scheme to help. And the enemy will do that, so he'll be fine. But Charles and Paul, I'm hopeful. I like Nick Gates. This dude, he's another guy. 3 a.m.er, I got you. Love his attitude. I hope he can play as tough as he is. And then, you know, Wiley and and Trent Scott. Trent Scott has been my surprise of the summer. Right. God, we needed that. And Cornelius Lucas is who he is. And that's good because he's a good band aid. But I you know, I need a brace, I need a tourniquet. And I just don't know that if he's put at left tackle, right tackle, I feel very comfortable with him, but that's what we gotta see. It's a it's a unit, it's not an individual player. But I need them to function and communicate as one and that's a lot of new people and moving parts, but that's what it's all about.
1: What about Wiley?
2: Uh Andrew, I can't be down on a guy that started in the Super Bowl and was successful. His practices have not been what I'm looking for. But he might not be a practice player. So I'm expecting him to flip the script Sunday, and I'll see the game version of Wiley. So I can't judge a world champion on practices with a team that is developing. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt as a vet. And then the enemy brought him in for a reason. And the enemy, is he, he's not going to sabotage his shot. So we must trust him. And if not, then Trent Scott has surprised me.
1: Who are some of the guys that you remember, if you do remember any of them, that were just not impressive in practice but absolutely were gamers and you knew eventually you learned that you could rely on, rely on him on game day?
2: We didn't have that many people. You couldn't have made the team. Practice was so, it was so intense, vigorous, and long. That you didn't get a chance to do that. That's not a Gibbs thing. You're going to play, you better play and show you can play, or you won't get in the game.
1: One of the things that I talked about recently was just in thinking about Sam Howell, I went back and looked at that season, not his last season in North Carolina, but his next to last season in North Carolina. And, you know, uh, there's this old saying with young quarterbacks who are inexperienced that a running game is a young quarterback's best friend, a running game and a defense. At Carolina, his junior year, which was his best year statistically, um, Michael Carter and Javante Williams both went over 1,000 yards. They they rushed in combination for 2,385 yards, averaged 7.7 yards per carry, and rushed for 28 touchdowns in that year for North Carolina. And I, I just wonder whether or not the talk of West Coast and getting the ball into the playmakers' hands via the short West Coast passing game. If we're overlooking the fact that Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, and even 23—that's uh, Chris Rodriguez—that um, they're going to try, they're they're going to try to pound. The, they're trying to pound the ball and make sure that at the very least they are a balanced attack. What do you think about the running attack and the importance of it to Sam Howell?
2: Well, I think it's important because if I am Philadelphia slash the Cardinals, because that's who they're going to be, try to be, come, they are going to be Philly without the players. But the scheme and their strength, it might be their front four. So they're going to blitz the hell out of him. They're going to make him prove he can handle it and try to get some, really some, some splash plays in the first eight minutes of the ball game to discourage him. If I'm them, then I'm banking on picking out a weak link or new people on our line and testing them every way possible. Zero blitzing. I'm coming off corners, edges. I'm doing everything. If he hits them early and hot, they'll be throwing catch scores. But if he doesn't, then they got to take the crowd. For the first time, since you and I were doing pregame shows, there's going to be a crowd. There's going to be noise volume. And so offensively, they're going to try to – we're going to get in their quarterback's head, and they're going to get in ours with pressure. Now, it's going to be interesting because it feeds right into what the enemy's great at. They're going to get rid of the ball. They're going to do some things we haven't seen. Because believe it or not, folks, They've done nothing in the preseason that I think they have in their bag of tricks for the regular season. We did the same thing. Most smart teams, unless you just you live your Kansas City and Philadelphia, you just load it. You can just go out there. We ran two backs in preseason and never did it again the entire year, ever, every year. So it's kind of misleading. So you got to look beyond that. So that's what I predict. First couple of possessions, they're coming. If we show you can handle it, then you're going to just have to play football.
1: All right, but I understand what you think the strategy against him should be, but at some point, do you think they'll end up leaning on the running game more than maybe yeah. we've talked about?
2: Well, no, I think they're going to try to do that all year if they get away with it because I think, my humble opinion, our running back room is the best room on the team. So, you, yeah, I want to exhaust the hell out of it because I got studs. And if they give him a crease, and I can make that defense get off, you know, off his toes, and make him play flat-footed. Now I win. And I think Brian Robinson Jr. I think he's going to look like Jim Brown. I'm so excited to see this guy, the best version of him. Last year, I mean, that was, thank God, he's alive. Then he actually played, but that this year, <laughs> look out. So I think if 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 Eb gets his druthers. We'll be playing with second and third, you know. We'll be playing with field position, and the, the the yard marker will be on our side. We'll be in control of that. As long as you can give Sam a run pass option, then he's going to be King Kong. But if he's if he's put in last year, third and nine, third and eight, as that poor kid to play for us last year with them guards, they we yeah, you're going to get slaughtered.
1: <laughs> oh, um. If you're a defensive coordinator getting ready ready to face this offense, what are your priorities?
2: To, to, to blitz him to death and to make him think. I've got a lot of movement. Anything I can do to disguise and to get in his head. My game right now is between me and Sam. How mature? I call him cool hand Luke. Can I fluster him? No one's seen him fluster. The Cowboys didn't fluster him in his Appearance, his first appearance. So, why would the Cardinals shake him up? And now he's got some more experience under his belt and he's had this summer. I don't think Sam's a problem. Now I could lose, you know, if I were to call Ditton Day and say, lay this on this, I'd be banking on the fact that I trust this guy. He's not my concern at all.
1: Who's the player, though, that will keep defensive coordinators up at night on offense? Because there are several big-time playmakers on offense. Oh, yeah. Who's the well, one Jahan more than Dotson. any other?
2: Jahan. Jahan Dotson is just – I mean, I'm hopeful that Terry is allowed – that they force Terry to heal. Right. And I hope they lock him in his house, him and, and – uh, same thing with John Allen. They're going to have to sedate him or lock them in their house. If not, they're conditioned to go no matter what. I don't think that's wise. Because of the nature of the injury, I can't cut and plant as a receiver with a bad toe, and as an elephant, I can't have a bad hoof. Because John Allen's strength is that he commands double teams. So he's the one guy, maybe on the team, that teams have to game plan for. So while they're focused on him, then the rest of them guys kill you. Because for them to be what I think they're capable of being, they you double-team any one of those guys, you're done. Because the way we're paying them, they're supposed to beat one guy. Unless that guy is Trent Williams. Then we're supposed to win those advantages. But if I can double J.O. and take my rest with the other, I hope Chase does not play if he's not 100%. So now I feel like I have an advantage offensively. And um and that's what I'd like to do. But if if John doesn't play, then I can double the other point the other freak. And now I got an advantage on
1: him.
2: That's the way I look Pain. at it. Yeah. Pain.
1: Yeah. Um what are you expecting from Chase Young?
2: Um, I hope he's uh, if he's not healthy, don't play. Right. If I were advising him and no one has called me. I would say stay out until you can be who you are, who you want to be. All
1: right, but if he gets to 100% health, what are your expectations for Chase Young?
2: Um, I, I'm, I got a very low bar for Chase because I have to see how Chase has been coached. The only thing separating Chase Young to greatness to me is if he'll allow them to coach him. And if they allow him to – if he takes in Ryan Kerrigan, everybody else prospered. The moment they got rid of the, the bum they had coaching them before and got Coach Z in there, then bingo, 94 Pro Bowl. Sweat is as close to success as anybody I've ever seen. He's that close. That kid is an inch away from being lumped in with the badasses in this league. He's that close. So the only guy that hadn't punched a ticket yet to me is Young. And all it is is a matter of technique. One move up speed is not working. This ain't the Big Ten. He's got a great hands. He's got great hustle, and he's smart. If he will, they, he will allow them to coach him and then play the defense, then he should be hell on wheels.
1: Uh, young players that made the team that are going to have an impact and you're excited about, who are they?
2: Well, for week one, um, I'm strictly focused on how do we win Win this game, yeah. and the only way that I, I'm in looking at this, I go. Uh, I'm going to have to probably bank a lot on Ridgeway. Is right now the two guys, James Smith Williams, and uh, John Ridgeway. I'm counting on a lot. Abdullah Anderson. They got big tasks because I got to get pressure. Andre Jones Jr., who's been my player of the summer. He's my canine. Yeah. He's he just reminds me, he's got Dexter Manley traits. Right. So because we're gonna have to get them up front. You you just can't have the possibility of being without John Allen and without Chase Young, and then we go to our depth, which was a rich position anyway, so I'm not fretting it, but we gotta have production. If Logan Thomas is not able to be Logan Thomas, then I gotta get a complete game out of John Bates and Cole Turner. They gotta play. We're not looking at you are in a fashion model. I don't give a damn what you look like walking down a runway. I need production in the game. And if those guys do that, man, we, we you know we should be good to go. And the rest of it, because De'Ami Brown had the best camp in the summer and he needed to as the White House. He's ready. So I'm not worried about us on the edge. Our receivers, that's we're deep. Pringle showed you. You know, tens man, those guys can play. So everything is there holding out if we can give this kid 14 protection and allow the enemy to put his mark on this team.
1: All right. Um, I'm going to ask you to do something that you usually don't like to do, but I would like you to at least consider doing it. Doing it and tell me what your hunch is on what kind of season they're going to have. They play 17 games. What do you think best case is in terms of number of
2: wins? I have no idea (laughs)
1: because I haven't
2: seen the team play yet. Yeah, I know. No, I'm just saying. And I respect what you do. It's great. And there are a lot of people that are into that fantasy and fantasize and do all that. I can't do everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And once I see them play, if I get to come on the show, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. But right now, I haven't seen them play. I haven't seen Eric – do his thing mm-hmm. you know and i know i trust trust way and uh Joey, you know was good i need him to be great and uh you know cheeseman on the snaps he's got the potential he's a pro bowl runner up well i need him to perform that way our, re- our punt return game has been awful it's got to improve we got to get we have got to be able to get positive yardage and flip fields on teams
1: yeah they signed I jamison think, crowder to this to, to the practice squad maybe that, yeah, that's yeah. one of the reasons why
2: yeah, it's well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I love Gibson on a return, return game.
1: Yeah, kicker. Re- we
2: yeah. have so many good young athletes that our special team should, be, should remind us of the wild bunch. We have that many young freaks that are running around like Jeremy Reeves, You know, Butler, Martin. We took a kid in the second round in the NFL draft, in the secondary, and he's got to hit the bell. He's got to ring the bell. And uh because
1: Well maybe he's not a practice player, maybe he's just yeah, a gamer. Right. No,
2: you're right. Yeah. That's why I'm not saying anything, because he could very well be all of that. Um and we'll find out. But based on what we needed and based on what we got, it damn sure better work out. If not, then uh I'm gonna be I'm gonna have an issue.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh are you excited? At all. I know that like me, and you don't like to Mm -hmm. admit it as much. um, I don't know why. uh, But you've been down. You haven't had the same level of passion for the team uh, in recent years. But now there's a new owner. There's a sellout crowd Sunday. Um, All of them will be rooting for the home team for the most part. Uh, Are -hmm. you are you back? Are you back in? Are you excited about Sunday?
2: Oh, I'm excited about the possibilities. Oh yeah, I'm excited about the possibilities. It'll be great to see the building back to normal. And uh, remember, we used to be out on the concourse, and we'd have a we had a crowd. Right. At we had a crowd.
1: Remember that last year? Nobody, nobody <laughs> <know>. was there. <laughs> nobody, I know it. but but, but, but <laughs> we the one wait. One of my favorites was when we were out doing the pregame show at the Bud Light Pavilion on, on stage. Yeah. And yeah. we looked out, and it was all Cowboy fans. It was all Cowboy uh, every, every Everybody out there was in a Cowboy uh, jersey. It was, yeah. uh, in fact, was I mean, the, the Eagles, same
2: thing, Giants.
1: Were, same thing. None of our fans everybody were coming in to the games.
2: Yeah, everybody in our division just bum rushed us and we were sitting out there being exposed on this this is three hours before kickoff and it was we were we but we had good times so we've been through all of that yeah and I, that's why i call this operation return to glory because i really believe i don't think that we're going to the super bowl but i think anything's possible based on health and all of this is a renewed interest for me is because of E.B.'s effect. And that's the football I understand. Mm. I don't understand what, this other, what the group has been doing. That's foreign to me. But he makes me feel like football has a chance to be, be back because of the way, by his up-tempo style and his demeanor, the defense is, Jack's boys are already ready to thump. They just needed a challenge. Because they were just pushing these cats, so killing them. Now it's a fair fight, and it's a fight, and that's great. And you saw it against the Ravens. It was finally we matched up against another group, and then we go out and stop that streak. And some people oh, it's just preseason. It's just preseason to you. It wasn't to to Harbaugh and the Ravens. And because of those guys, it made it fun. We actually had two weeks where it was th- it was fun mm-hmm. because it was competitive. And I watched the Tampa Bay Ravens game, and it was down to the wire, and I enjoyed that. Really? Hell, I, enjoy, I didn't enjoy Week One in college football. I don't enjoy watching pushovers, people giving other people money to come whoop their ass. No, I didn't do that. The only team that impressed me was Oregon, and the game, the two games that I enjoyed was Colorado yeah. game and Duke, Duke kicking glimpses behind. Yeah, because that's good football, and it was competitive the hell I want to see a blowout for you know Maryland it was decent but I needed 70 on the board that was too close for me and so if you got the guns fire it you no know, it's in teasing and, and and penalties and the whole thing I, I I just view the game in a different sense because of what I'm looking for after all of us are looking for different things you're looking for points you're looking for you know Whatever you waging on and the whole thing, people got fantasy points and all that. Well, mine is Winning. I'm looking for ass whoopings. I
1: want. I want to win. I want them to win yeah. the game. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people think that this is a game that you know they should easily win. What do you? Oh
2: God, who? Who? Who do you know to think that?
1: I think a lot of our fans think that. I think they, I think, I, I've called it. I think it,
2: we got a smarter group than fans that you ca- credit. I've
1: called for. it must win, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, it's, it's, it's because the Cardinals are perceived to be so awful this year. Oh, don't do that. I know. Don't do that. It's the kiss of death in the NFL in particular. You yeah. can do that in college, you can't yeah. do that in the
2: NFL. But I woke you, up middle of the night sweating like a pig. No, you didn't thinking that this thing was gonna be sold out, all this energy, and the Cardinals come in here and somebody's feeding them a blind, a bunch of baloney about how good we can be, and we lose a game at home and I just go it woke up. Because and Ron has said it all week amongst a million different things he said that anybody can beat you and he's damn right. We went to Philadelphia, you think they thought they was going to lose right. This time they went to Pittsburgh, you think the Steelers thought they were going to lose to Washington? And they did so. That's the thing that concerns the hell out of me. I want a perfect day, all the watch parties, all the pregame things, and to ended up with a butt whipping, thirty five point victory. Hope you hit all your numbers, and then I got a sigh of relief until the following week. And hopefully we come out and they don't bring that card out, and we don't lose anybody. Yeah. And then hopefully you know we'll get better and we'll get some people back, and you know we'll see what happens until we get into conference because you know me I just I just the conference that's all I care about what we do against our cousins that's the where we got to show who we are
1: so are you sure that the call the waking up at three fifteen in the morning wasn't one of the players calling you for a ride home I mean no
2: when nobody was on my phone okay. I just had this fear thing came over me that there's some kind of how we got ruined and I, I just I was seeing, somehow I saw Josh Harris and Magic and all the boys actually sitting in the stands. Yeah. Which is so rewarding. And it just, it was almost like, oh no. Something, it got me where, and I woke up and I said, oh God, thank goodness. It was just well, a we nightmare. Well, have,
1: we have kind of been conditioned over the years to expecting the worst.
2: Well, it's possible because <laughs> we're not playing Coastal Carolina. We're playing the NFL team, right? And and we've done nothing to prove anything right. yet. So yeah,
1: yeah, we would be uh, for a lot of other teams on Sunday. We would be the team that people would think, well, we can beat them, um, right? All right, exactly. <clears throat> Good job. Great to have you me. back, you know, uh, just a week and a half after you were on before. No, and, I, was, no I wasn't
2: on your show. I was filling in for you no, when no, you no. were in Europe.
1: No, you were on the and podcast. So, You've been on the podcast, uh, I'm, I've got it right here, three times. I've been on once in the, a month. Th- three,
2: I've averaged three, times, every three months. Three times in the last years.
1: 34 days. Yeah, okay. And the last time I was on yours was like two years ago.
2: Because I don't want to embarrass you. Or <laughs> well, where are you? I mean, where, you, are you nice. where are you sitting on Sunday? Where are you
1: sitting on Sunday?
2: Where am I sitting? Yeah,
1: at FedEx Field.
2: No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be in the studio. I'm doing post game show.
1: So you'll yeah. be at the studio doing the post game show. You're, you're not doing that at the stadium. Oh, I'm,
2: uh, no, no, I don't have. No, we don't have rights. <laughs> so what are you talking about? I don't have a. I don't, know, have, I, a, so I don't who, have a home at the stadium. Who yeah. are you
1: doing the post game show with?
2: Um. Lanell's on for the first hour, and I'm kicking him out, and then it's just me and the canines. It's
1: just you and the canines.
2: Just me and the canines. Right. I'm in the I'm in I'm in the dog pound, man. I know you are. And um, yeah, right. and right. hopefully, well, let's let's, let's it's get a, be win. a victory. Let's get a win. Yeah, I hope so. I All hope right. so. Keep keep up and listen. What get Dayton Benton, man. I, I – I, you being gone when are you are you leaving again anytime before christmas
1: no i i never take days okay. off during this okay. oh god I never was, take days had... off until <laughs> until June at the earliest
2: <laughs> we had a joyful well what a week he was uh <laughs> he's the best he got treated he got yeah. treated like a human being and he really right. responded with right it. It was good.
1: He, he he told yeah. me he said you you guys were just as good as I am to him no um, no that's, nah, that's not that's, anyway, that's what he said but
2: anyway thanks for having me on the on the, on the Thanks show, for making the boys, yourself available. Yeah, tell your um, boys, man, that I'm still I'm still around, and they can call. My, if you're not around, tell them that, you know, I, I, I can, they can call me anytime.
1: I'll do the same thing. Love to your whole All family, right. too. I'll talk to you soon. I
2: appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Good deal.
1: At Rick Doc Walker on Twitter, everybody. Uh, listen to Doc's podcast, patreon.com slash Doc Walker. Ron Rivera spoke after practice today, uh, and he said something about a player that missed a lot of camp, but he's not worried about at all. More on that right after these words from a few of our sponsors.
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: What have you seen
3: from this team that makes you believe this team is ready to play meaningful football on Sunday? Oh, I, I just think the growth that we've had in the last couple of years. I mean, it, we, 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 we've we got our heads above water in, in light of the situation, circumstance we've had the last few years. I thought this this training camp was different. Uh, The energy level was different. The the way the guys did things was different, obviously. Um, A lot of it has to do with new ownership. A lot of it has to do with what we've done on the offensive side of the ball. The experience we have on the defense. I mean, these are the things that you're looking for, um, and I think that's what we're getting. So, again, we'll, we'll see. That's why we play them on Sundays.
1: Ron Rivera, after practice today, uh, talking about their readiness for the season. You know, everybody out there right now is genuinely excited about this season. Not in the normal way in which it's a new season, anything's possible. But the new ownership piece to this puzzle is a big early boost Um, It's the fan excitement that came with it that has without question been felt by everybody in the organization. Uh, I don't think the people out there who aren't from here, especially the players, um, and especially players who haven't been here for a long period of time, I don't think they had any idea what kind of reaction to Dan Snyder finally being gone um, would... Uh, what it would be. Uh, but they're feeling it and they're excited about it, and it's going to make Sunday uh, an exciting scene. I also always make note of Ron mentioning the energy level. He's done that many times, um, and that's not necessarily Ron E's, but there's no doubt he's referring to Eric Biennami and the energy uh, difference coaching wise on offense. I mean, there couldn't be two people more different than Scott Turner and Eric Uh And we'll see whether or not that translates to much better results on the field um, starting Sunday against the Cardinals. This segment of the show is brought to you by my bookie uh, as a better, you demand perfection. And my bookie delivers NFL college football and a brand new cash out system giving you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and place another bet or let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with daily odds boosts, same game same game parlays and super contests. This season MyBookie has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw Quickly, use my promo code KEVINDC on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet your deposit amount just one time, and you're ready to withdraw at any time. But you have to use my promo code KEVINDC to claim that cash deposit bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Only with my bookie. By the way, that um, reminds me. Uh, My bookie right now has tomorrow night's game at five. The Chiefs are now a five-point favorite over the Lions. Why are they only a five-point favorite over the Lions after yesterday being six-and-a-half-point favorites? Well, because Travis Kelsey may not play in the game. And I talked a little bit about this on radio at the very beginning of the show, but it is a really interesting thing for those of you that either bet or just follow kind of betting. Um, Rarely, if ever, does a non-quarterback move the point spread a point and a half. The line's actually in some spots down to four and a half. It just doesn't happen. You know, when you see a line move by... Um, you know, a point, any more than a point. Typically it's because of an injury to the quarterback or it's a weather-related thing or at the very end of seasons, sometimes when teams aren't going to play their starters because they've already qualified for the playoffs and they can't change their seating and they sit their starters. That's when you see point spreads move at one and a half points plus without a quarterback injury. Well, I mean, this was a surprise to me. Travis Kelsey is considered to be that much of a point spread needle mover by the odds makers. Chris Jones still is unsigned. He didn't move the line knowing that he most likely was not going to be signed or be in by the time the game starts tomorrow night. Travis Kelsey, iffy for the game, and the line drops a point and a half at my bookie. Extremely rare really, um, rare, you know, keep in mind. So Mahomes tomorrow night is not going to have Juju Smith-Schuster. He's no longer in Kansas city. Uh, he's probably not going to have Travis Kelsey. He may not have Kadarius Tony, who's dealing with a knee injury himself and has been limited. Remember Tony came on there at the end of last year when he got that opportunity in Kansas city, had the big punt return in the Super Um, but They've got Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore, uh, and, you know, good backs in Pacheco, McKinnon, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But uh, the Lions seem to be, um, you know, the Lions are, we've talked about this before, the Lions have more expectations going into a season than they've had in forever. Probably even more so than when Matt Stafford was there. Um, Because in Green Bay, there was Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre before that. Uh, But the division seems to be more wide open. So there are high expectations for Detroit. They are the division favorite. Uh, Most people have Detroit making the postseason. And we've talked a lot about schedules over the years. I'm not a big fan of evaluating schedules. They are very unpredictable. Um, Injuries are the biggest, you know, Impact sometimes on games, and you can't predict those. But you know the, the the schedule is not about who you play, but it's about when you play those teams. And Detroit may be catching KC at the right time, uh, and maybe they can steal one, which would then down the road be one of those games you'd look back on in January if Detroit's battling it out with Washington for the last wild card spot, and it's like, damn. How did they beat the chiefs? Um, you know, I know it's week one and it's the first game of the year, but you want Kansas city to win this game. If you're a fan of an NFC team. So, uh, I wanted to end the show with two Ron Rivera sound bites from earlier today or from just moments ago, actually. Uh, First of all, here is what he said about Terry McLaurin and Chase Young being back
3: at practice. First, on Terry and Chase, Terry, they both expressed mm. a lot of confidence yes. in what they could do. How did they look to you? And, and... Well, I'll start with Terry. Terry looked really good. You know, we, he he took the reps that we had listed for him, and, and he looked good. So, obviously, the opportunity to, to increase them tomorrow will both certainly uh, occur um, it, it was a good day for him. Um, as far as Chase is concerned, as Chase told you, he's doing everything he can to get himself ready to play. Um, you know, we, we have reps scripted for him. We have certain periods that he can participate in. Um, and, again, it's going to be all up to what happens with the doctor visit that he has coming up soon. And uh, we'll go from there. But, but the young man is chomping at the bit. He's done everything that, that, that he possibly could probably. And um, he's getting himself ready to play. Uh, and, and again, if he's cleared, he will we'll, we'll go.
1: So it certainly seems at this point things are trending in the right direction. But then he was asked about the tight end position. You'll hear, I think it's J.P. Finley asking him the question, and Logan Thomas in particular comes up. Remember, Logan Thomas basically missed training camp. And tight end's been a concern. Uh, I think everybody's pretty optimistic about Cole Turner. But I know that in this offseason, they were big believers in what Logan Thomas could be for Sam Howell in this offense. But they didn't have a chance to do a lot together. But listen to Ron Rivera talk about Logan Thomas's status for Sunday.
0: Tight ends obviously been a key for Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy offenses. How do you feel about Logan
3: going into well, Week One? Very confident about Logan. Logan looked really good. In fact, he he wasn't even on the um he's not even on the report right. Yeah, yeah. Logan's not on the report. So look good. He did. You know, um, for everything that was going on on the side. You know, Logan was in all the meetings, and all the he did all the walkthroughs. That's one thing that he did while he was doing all of his rehab. He did all the walkthroughs, so he was getting, you know, that the biggest thing he, he's been working on the last two weeks has really been timing between him and Sam, and uh, it looks like it's starting to come together.
1: Just a hunch here, and watch uh, Logan Thomas will end up being inactive on Sunday. But just a hunch here, I think Logan Thomas is going to be a big factor in their offense this year as long as he's on the field. I think they had big plans for him when they hired Eric, Eric Biennemi. You know, coming from the Chiefs and the Andy Reid system, where the tight end is a big part of that system. We know that a big target, and often that big target is a tight end, is you know a good friend typically to a very young quarterback. Uh, I think that Logan Thomas is going to be a guy that gets many more targets than many of you are thinking, and ends up with many more receptions than many of you are thinking. And it would not surprise me at all if he becomes a red zone favorite for Sam Howell. Uh, Good news about Logan Thomas. Good news about Terry McLaurin. Good news about Chase Young. The news is just good. You know what's really good? Uh, Jetties is really good. God, I love their sandwiches. Uh, Had a Jetty sandwich delivered today via DoorDash to the studio for lunch. I had that Tom Nevers sandwich Sandwich. If you're familiar with Jetties, they've got so many great sandwiches. But this one, roasted turkey, shaved ham, bacon, lettuce, tomato. I actually did it without the tomatoes uh, and mayo on a triple decker toasted sourdough uh, bread. Uh, it was excellent. Uh, jettiesdc.com for the best sandwiches in town. And you can clearly order them from Uber Eats and DoorDash uh, as well. All right, that is it for the day. Back tomorrow with Tommy, we're going to make all of our season predictions. And because Thursdays are the days in which Tommy makes his game picks, we'll get Tommy's first game pick of the year for Washington and Arizona. All right, that's it for today. Back tomorrow. This
0: is the story of The One. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently